ever felt frustrated and helpless after listening and doing everything your vet told you to do, but it only made your sick pet worse and not get any better? That's me in 2008 with my first adopted cat, Meow. I did everything the vet told me to do and I realised she wasn't getting any better and only worse. So I decided to look into alternative health options and was drawn to the stories of holistic pet service entrepreneurs and their transformative journey, overcoming obstacles, chasing their passion and creating a movement that has caused a ripple effect of positive change in the lives of their clients and pets around the world. Join me as I share the raw, inspiring journeys of these amazing entrepreneurs, their successes and failures. My name is Amrys Wang and this is The Raw Entrepreneur. Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world right now. This is Amrys Wang of The Raw Entrepreneur. Today's episode is with the youngest certified canine nutritionist, Han B. Choi, who is on a journey to empower passionate pet parents to become the best possible health advocate for their animals. Through her platform, The Raw Storm, she is able to make information regarding fresh food and holistic living accessible to everyone around the world. I am honoured to have made her acquaintance as she represents the next generation of longevity junkies for our canine companions. This is her story. Who is Han B. Choi, please? <laughs> um, okay, so my name is Han B. Choi. I am the founder of creator of The Raw Storm, previously GSC Stormy. Uh, and our main focus is using our platforms that we have just to empower passionate pet owners all over the world to be the best possible health advocate for their pets, whether it's in nutrition or holistic living and just all around more natural and holistic lifestyle. So how did you get here? Yeah. Um, so my dog Stormy, she's laying right next to me. She's asleep. Um, she's the inspiration behind it all. Uh, back in 2017-18, um, she was kibble fed um, and she was refusing to eat and I was practically having to force feed her um, and she was just on like the normal standard, you know, that recommended blue buffalo, ions, etc. And I came across the raw food diet and it piqued my interest because there's been so many testimonials about increased appetite and excitement for food and I'm just like you know at this point I'll try anything so I started doing research watch pet food and I was 15 then and I'm like I'm disgusted by kibble I'm not feeding her this and I switched her cold turkey to raw on an RV trip which probably was not the best idea but I was stubborn and very determined and that's how where she transitioned uh, and then ever since then, it's the rest of history of just been sharing content and um, putting out as much information I can regarding fresh eating and wholesome living just because I wanted to share my experience and I know it's others would benefit from it. And so you were 15 when you first came across raw feeding, the concept yes, of raw yeah. feeding, and you mm -hmm. switched to cold turkey. Mm -hmm. And how yeah. was that? Um, it was a little, little iffy. I, so we had just gotten our other dog, Hoover. Um, he's a family dog, Stormy's my personal dog. And I decided to transition two dogs on an RV trip 
during the summer. And so I did it with, I did like a combination of pre-made and DIY raw. So I stuffed the whole small, you know, it was in an RV. So it was just like a small hotel freezer. I stuffed everything with raw food. There was no room for human food the whole time. Of course they were transitioning. So they had to upset stomach, they had diarrhea. And oh, I regret it so much because they were both whining. We we're like, okay, we're good. We're going to stop. And we couldn't really stop anywhere to go to the bathroom. And all of a sudden I looked behind and poor Hoover, he was just a puppy then. He's having diarrhea down the aisle. And I'm just like, no. And so that was like, that's like my epic transition story just because I was so, I was like, I'm not feeding kid. Well, I'm done with that. I'm going on to raw food. I was so determined, but I guess I paid the price for not, not waiting after our RV trip. And your parents, they were cool with supporting this. Um, they were a little iffy at first. Um, it was definitely not an easy thing to convince them of, um, but it was done, um, thankfully. It honestly, I spent a lot more time educating them and teaching you know, my parents and my brothers, everybody in the household versus actually educating myself. Just because I feel if, you know, when you're doing the research yourself, it's a lot different when you're hearing it from somebody else. Mm-hmm. So it's just that repetition and... Um, reinforcement of uh, education and learning and educating them about raw feeding and the benefits. And now everybody's on board and my younger brothers are kind of like my little raw feeding minions. <laughs> and the, yeah. So you're, you're, you're 18 this year and yeah. you just yep. graduated from school. So, mm-hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're also a certified nutritionist. Can I? Nutritionist? Uh, yeah, I, I took the, um, yeah, I'm certified in canine nutrition through mm-hmm. the, the Cassie program. And then I okay. plan to take the advanced one um, sometime this year. Wow. That's, that's a lot of um, commitment <laughs> and determination for, for, for someone at your age. Um, what drives you? Uh, I think I've always known I wanted to work with animals. I used to work with horses big time. And then once I stopped riding, my attention diverted to dogs. And once I was already big into human nutrition, and I think I just found the best of both worlds where dogs and animals and dogs and nutrition can meet. And it was just this perfect harmony. So, uh, and I think, you know, seeing how well my dogs thrive on it and seeing that I can help other people just really keeps me going. Wow. 18 with such a with with such a fixed you know very firm (laughs) conviction on on what you want to do so what are your plans now that you've graduated yeah so right now I plan to take a gap year in uh, South Korea I plan to go and take language courses just kind of take a break and I'm pretty fluent already but being you know submerged in the in your environment helps a lot um, and I also, also, I hope to be able to push out more raw feeding content in Korean. I already have some, but um, building more content up would be great and hopefully helping build the raw feeding community in Korea because they're, it's, it's there, but it's, it's minimal, but it's uh, steadily growing. So that's exciting to see. And then after my gap year, I plan to go uh, to UC Davis in California. Wow. You've very, Wow. I mean, like, I'm trying to remember what it was like when I was 18 at your age, (laughs) you know, so different. I mean, like, who inspires you? Um, everybody in the rock community is wonderful. So many great people. Um, 
obviously probably my number one supporter is probably my mom. She's always like pushed me to do whatever can. Um, always supported me, even though she, it was a bit rocky at first when I came to her with the raw feeding diet. I was like, here's what I want to do. She was a little bit hesitant. But once I got her on board, she's always been my number one supporter and pushing me and encouraging me to do whatever I want with my platform and with my life. Wow. So you're not a very traditional Asian family in that sense. Not that conservative. Yeah, um, I think me me not I've had a very big influence on my family I would say um being very open and liberal and queer it's had a very big impact on my family to drive them in the right direction yeah you're a very special young lady (laughs) thank Um, you (laughs) very 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 different from the only other person that I interviewed who's about your age uh is uh, Rami Shelton and she, she's the daughter of Dr. Melissa Shelton of Animalio Essential Oils. And mm-hmm. she was 16 when she became a certified like aromatherapist. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And now she's like, I think 19, just, just maybe about a year older than you. And she's mm-hmm. into horses and, you know, she's got her path with the, with the animal sanctuary that they have with rescue work and stuff. And mm-hmm. I love the fact that you because you're bilingual, you know, mm-hmm. English and Korean, and you have this, this um, desire to educate the Korean people mm-hmm. in Korea. I think that's like very cool. Very, very, very cool. Um, did you, did you really, I mean, like, was there any other option that you thought about before this? Um, I, I feel like I've always wanted to do stuff with animals. I had like a short period of time where I wanted to become a dermatologist. Uh, that was before raw feeding though. And then I found raw feeding and I just, I didn't exactly know what it was going to be because I feel like where I'm going to end up the job title probably isn't even available right now mm-hmm. um, just because our world is you know changing expanding so much and by the time I do get an official job title it's going to be completely different than anything I thought it would be but I know it would be in the realm of animals right and what it, what do you think you want to do when you go to UC Davis uh, so I would be majoring in animal science because that's going to be giving me a good basis for, to whatever I want to sprout off on. But my plan currently is to become an integrated veterinarian uh, with a focus in nutrition. Um, so that's where I'm, that's wow. my plan currently, but it may change depending, you know, where, how the next few years go. You're extremely, you've got a very smart brain up there because you, <laughs> so you're actually like really into reading and research. Mm-hmm. yes big time big time so what 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 are you currently reading right now um I'm reading Feeding Dogs by I think his name is Dr. Connor Brady I'm not mm. sure if that's yeah, yeah yeah I'm reading that one right now um and then I have like a big stack of books that I need to read uh I have to do it to quarantine in Korea when I go so I plan to catch up on some reading there and then I'm, the weeks before hopefully I can get as much reading as I can mm. So when, when, so what's your average day like? What's your routine like nowadays? Right now, uh, it's kind of like break mode. I'm finished with school. I'm prepping for my gap year, traveling to Korea. Uh, so right now, I'm just kind of resting. I'm 
uh, creating content for the Ross Storm, blog writing, reading, um, creating videos, and just hanging with my dogs. Do you ever find it difficult to, to do videoing and publishing and stuff? Definitely. It they, takes a lot of energy out of me. Uh, so I have to be in the right mental space and have you know, be in the right mindset to be able to create what I want to create and do it with the energy and passion that I want to present myself with. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of times it it comes and flows motivation. So it just, and sometimes I have to rely on being a little bit strict with myself or, you know, letting myself take breaks when I need to, because it can be exhausting being on social media so much. And Although the raw feeding community is so wonderful and great and open, it is still social media and it can get very tiresome. So what's your impression of the raw feeding community? Uh, I think overall, if you find the right people that your ideologies for feeding line up with and um, are open, uh, you, can, you can find a safe place and in safe environment uh, in the raw feeding community, which is what I hope the raw storm can be for many people. Um, just, I remember when I joined, I joined some Facebook groups, which was probably my mistake, but I was 15, I didn't know much. I was like, yeah, I'll join a bunch of raw feeding Facebook groups. And I remember sometimes feeling stupid when I would ask simple questions just because I didn't know. And I was like, this is awful. I don't want anybody to feel like this. You know, there's no stupid questions. If you don't know, you don't know, and you shouldn't be, bashed on or hated because you don't know a piece of information so how would you describe your raw feeding style or your your approach to raw feeding uh so i follow nrc guidelines um and i if you if it's like the style i guess you would be barf plus since it's like the basis plus additional supplements um so yeah that's i do diy feeding mostly okay and like how how old is Stormy now? She is currently seven. Seven. Okay. So when you transitioned her, you know, what were the differences that you saw? Uh yeah. So she was three when I transitioned her. She was overweight. She's kind of low in energy. She was not excited about food at all. When I um transitioned her um after her initial kind of getting used to the fresh food. Her food drive went up, her excitement level went up, she lost weight, uh, her teeth, her her dental health got so much better. And uh, behavioral wise, she was super excited and happy and just more, just a happier dog overall, because I do a lot of um, obedience training with her. And the problem I was having is her, her lack of food drive. I use, I personally use positive reinforcement with her. And, you know, you can't work with a dog who's not, he doesn't want the food. But after I switched her to raw food, she got this new profound love for food. And her training journey has just thankfully skyrocketed after that. And she's gotten all her titles and she's just a happy, healthy dog now. And have you helped other dogs besides her? Uh, I hope I have. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I've gotten many messages from wonderful people who follow me asking questions and I try to post as much useful information that I can on my website. Um, I just recently came out with a transition guide and I've gotten a few messages about people telling me that they've used it and it's just warmed my heart and I'm so thankful I can help people. Well, you know, when you when you translate into Korean, you've got to send me some copies because I've got Korean friends. I will, yeah. And 
and um, they they have always been curious about what I do because I'm a raw feeder as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, they're all over the world. They're not not just in South Korea, um, mm-hmm. but you know, I've got like some friends who are say vegan, for instance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they they have this, uh, you know, with vegans and raw feeding, it's it's a very personal struggle yeah. for them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you how would you say if you were presented with with someone who's a vegan pet parent and they have a dog, for instance, how would you try and explain it to them? Yeah, there's definitely a, a moral, moral and ethical dilemma for vegetarian or vegan people just because it's will really depend why they're being vegan or vegetarian in the first place, but let's say we're doing it for animal ethics. Um, in that case, you have to think about your your animal as they are facultative carnivores, if we're talking about dogs, and they're designed biologically, physiology, physiol, I'm just, okay, physically, there we go, um, to consume they, these raw meats, bones, and organs. And uh, let's say they do want to put them on a vegan diet, they can technically survive on it, but they're not going to thrive. So if you, as a vegan or vegetarian, you're on this diet, you feel great and you're thriving and you feel the healthiest you've ever been, that's great. But you can't reflect your personal moral ethics food-wise onto this animal that is designed to consume a mainly carnivorous diet. Because I feel like that is a thin line between crossing um, animal ethics because um, they're going to be nutri- um, nutritionally deficient. They're going to be, um, they're not going to get the enrichment from their natural diet. And there's several problems with putting your ethics onto your animal. Okay. And if, yeah, and if you do want to feed a vegan or vegetarian diet to your pet, then there are se- thankfully several pets that thrive on that diet, such as rabbits, or any animal that is not a carnivore. <laughs> okay. So with uh, with Stormy, how much mm-hmm. uh, say meat versus organ versus bone and and uh, vegetable content? How how do you you know customize it for her? Yeah, what does she do so, well with? So um, I have meal plans from Perfectly Awesome, so that those help a lot. Um, when I first started, I followed the 80-10-10 plus guidelines. So 80% um, muscle meat, 10% bone, 10% um, organs. And that worked well for her, uh, plus the additional supplements to cover nutrient gap when we first started. And then I discovered Perfectly Rossing, which Ronnie is amazing. And she creates amazing meal plans that have helped me that so I can follow NRC guidelines to a more stricter manner. Not every meal needs to be NRC guidelines. That's something I always like to reiterate to people, but it definitely does help. And did you find, did she do well with more vegetable or less vegetable? She does. I have her at about two to 3% vegetation right now. Mm-hmm. She does uh, better. So with less vegetable, I would say my other dog Hoover, he does need more vegetation content uh just because he has he just does better with that um so yeah um so cost wise raw food Mm -hmm. is it very expensive Mm -hmm. uh it really depends where you source and what types of meat you get so sometimes i will splurge and get stormy more like venison and elk and 
bison and more exotic meats and that's when it gets a little bit more expensive but I have found uh, local farmers and local stores especially when things are on sale I make sure to stock up and also when I do order from online suppliers I do make sure to order in bulk as that helps cut down in costs especially if you do DIY. Mm, okay so when so you're, I'm, I'm just amazed that your parents are so behind this, you know, you must be, you must be, you must be a very charismatic child, the oldest <laughs> child, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You sound, you sound like the leader kind of child. Uh, <laughs> um, with how much would you say you spend on average for Stormy? Because you're doing DIY, right? So, like, if someone wants to start and say, you know, like, budget-wise, mm-hmm. what's a ballpark figure that you would give them? So, I personally spend $150-$200 a month on Stormy, but that's also because I buy higher-quality meats. If somebody is just starting out and they're, you know, sourcing from the local shops or more locally and getting a better uh, deal, it can be anywhere from like 50 to 150, depending how big the dog is. Right. Okay. And do you intend to bring Stormy with you to Korea when you start, when you go over or no? At first, I'm not just so I can get situated. I can figure out her living arrangements, her food arrangements. And then when I come back after my semester is done, I do plan on bringing her over. Wow. Okay. So when she's traveling, she'll have to take the rabies shot and everything to prepare her, right? To bring her to Korea? Yes. Um, I still, it'll be easier when I'm over there as I can ask the people right, the right questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm hoping to get a, a titer for the rabies. And if not, if I do have to give her the rabies shot, she hasn't had vaccinations in several years. So I'll make sure to do the, the right steps for that. And it will be minimal vaccination in that case. Okay, so is she is she sterilized or no? Uh, yes, she was just recently spayed actually. Okay, so what made you decide to to spay her at this age? Uh, so yeah, so she was spayed like two weeks ago actually. So when she was seven, um, she had eye mass removal on her left eye, and I decided it was a good time. I wasn't going in just for the spay. Plus, she was seven. Uh. So she's had her sex hormones for seven plus years. And plus, since I was going to Korea, one, I didn't want my parents to have to deal with her heat cycle. Two, as she gets older, I was personally feeling very scared about Pio and just if she did get it, surgery would be more dangerous if she's older, if she's under, and just it was more of peace of mind for me. Mm-hmm. And plus, I don't plan to breed her at all. And I was comfortable with her having her sex hormones for seven plus years. Wow. So when you got her the first time, was she, did you purchase her or adopt her? Um, she, I was, so the reason why she was not spayed, because she is a mixed breed, um, is because she was literally picked up on the side of the road. So I did rescue her, but not from a rescue organization. Okay. And yeah. you, you made the conscious choice not to spay her at a young age. Oh, yeah, was that, that was, I mean, was that because I mean, you yeah. know, or, you know? No, so she was my dog. I got her when I was 11, I think. So it was like this weird <laughs> internal thing where I was like, I don't want her to have surgery. And in the end, it worked out because I, you know, it was a good choice and I'm happy I made that choice when I was so young, but it wasn't for the reasons that I know now. So it wasn't because I know it, she, she would have a healthier life because of it. It was just more of like, I don't want my dog to go under surgery because I'm 
a kid and I'm scared, um, which I'm glad younger me made that choice. I'm amazed that your parents were very supportive even when you were 11. Yeah. I mean, you must have really awesome parents. I mean, like... To, <laughs> yes, they're awesome. Yeah, To, to be so supportive and to respect your wishes, to actually listen to what, you, what mm-hmm. you're saying. Because most parents, when you're 11, they will go over your head, you know. Uh, so that's, mm-hmm. that's very, very cool. Um, so besides raw feeding, what else mm-hmm. do you actually enjoy doing? Um... Or do you live and breathe it? I mean, I do live it, but I love doing training with Stormy. I hike. Um, I like the human side of like health and nutrition and wellness and stuff like that. So yoga. I am a bit of a musicianist. I sing a little bit, do guitar ukulele a little bit. Um, I'm an avid K-drama watcher and K-pop listener. <laughs> so there's that. I spend a lot of my time doing that. Uh, and just, yeah, just hanging with my dog, honestly. Wow. Okay. That's a lot of things to do within 24 hours. <laughs> you have a <laughs> lot of interest. That, that is, how do you manage that? I just make sure to give my, my mind the mental space that it needs. I have a lot of downtime where I literally do nothing. I just go brain dead and I just like zone out which I need to be able to function. So there's there's a good chunk of time in the day where I'm just like laying down and doing nothing and just, fo- just letting my mind shut off and just giving me some quiet time to make sure I have the mental energy and right mind space to do all the things that I want to do. So, you know, you said you, want, you would like to be an integrative vet. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, with all the things that you know, that vets are going on and, you know, the high suicide rate, the depression, mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the dark side of being a vet and you still want to be a vet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there, you know, I know it's a lot being a vet because you're not only dealing with the pets, you're dealing with the owners and there's a need for it. And I feel that it's going to be hard, but I feel like I can take down that responsibility and me having the healthy outlets and healthy mindset and lifestyle that you have now, if I can continue to cultivate that, I have the confidence that I can, I can um, be emotionally or hopefully as emotionally stable and mentally stable as I can going into that profession. And why integrative? Uh just because my love for nutrition and finding the more holistic lifestyle and the benefits that it can give and finding the right balance between Eastern and Western methods. Okay. So, you know, being, being Korean and Asian, um, Mm -hmm. how, how do you think that sort of influences your approach towards raw feeding or like, like your career path? Mm -hmm. Uh, so you're talking about just like my identity in general or like why I'm going to Korea? Yeah. Um, so personally, something that drives my passion is being a Korean American woman, uh, just to have some representation because, you know, there's, there's more, um, POC representation needed in every single part of everything so hopefully I I wish to be that representation and inspire others 
and see be that that person that people can hopefully look up to and be like she can do it I can do it uh to whoever um yeah you know what I find very interesting with your generation uh is is the very strong sense of identity that you have that mm-hmm. um that passion to be actually socially involved in mm-hmm. what's going on today uh mm-hmm. plus I think with I think you guys were basically born with technology at your fingertips. Yeah. You know, um, which is something like for me, I it took me a while to get used to technology. I'm still not very good at it and social media and stuff, you know. And what I find fascinating with your generation is how fluid and flexible you guys are, you know. Um, how do you feel talking to you know, people older than you when you're talking about like say raw feeding and your your passion that you, you're trying to educate mm-hmm. people, you know, do you find there's a, you know, difficulty in, in, in bridging that gap or, mm-hmm. or you find, I mean, like, because when you're educating, say, social media public, you don't know who they are, but do you find like when you do one-to-one, like with an adult older than you or say mm-hmm. those younger than you, how do you change your approach? Not really. I try to be the same person with everybody, um, hopefully as authentic as I can be. Uh, and I find that if I do talk to anybody older, they're always super respectful and they're never condescending or patronizing. And they just honestly come to with an open mind and in hopes that I can help. And if I can't help, I at least can hopefully give resources that will, will be able to give them the advice that they're looking for. I like you. You're you're <laughs> you're you're very gung ho. You're very very gung ho. Um, I look forward to to following your journey when you go to Korea. To oh, thank how, you. To see how it goes. My Korean is very very minimal because my my <laughs> brother's girlfriend is is Korean, um, mm-hmm. but they but they live in Austria, so mm. so my Korean is just very simple, very very mm. very simple. Do you make kimchi for your dog? Uh, I've made kimchi. I haven't given it to my dogs just because I put a lot of ingredients that they shouldn't have. Such as okay. like, you know, um, what's it called in English? Like green onions and stuff, things like that. Uh, but I do make fermented food for them, like f- uh, fermented cabbage and beets. Okay. And do you actually enjoy cooking like for humans as well? Or is it just for- Yeah, big time. No, I'm a big time <laughs> cooker and baker, yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So what's what's your favorite thing that you enjoy cooking for yourself or for your family? Mm, I always like making a big pot of kimchi jjigae. It's like kimchi stew. It's cream kimchi stew. I always can make a good pot of that. Enjoy any day, anytime. (laughs) Were you always very health conscious or no? Not always. I feel like for me it started when I was like in middle school I guess I was like I I unfortunately went into like the toxic unhealthy side of the health world if you know what I mean like the the fat burner tea and you have to starve yourself and so things like that but thankfully I have found a good healthy balance with myself and the the health and nutrition okay so when it so when you talk about the health and nutrition, do you see a, a similarity with, say, uh, raw feeding for animals, nutrition for animals? 
Definitely. Um, so if we equate, for, say, kibble, the processed food to McDonald's, for example, it makes sense that we as humans, we thrive and flourish on fresh whole foods. So why wouldn't our animals? So I feel like there's kind of my, hopefully where I come in is bridging that gap and that disconnect and thinking that dogs are made to eat kibble as they aren't. Mm. So yeah. what, what would you say, or have you encountered any challenging, you know, experiences or cases when in your journey with this raw feeding journey that you've been on so far? Yeah, um, a couple. <laughs> um, so just, I feel that when you are on social media, it's hard because it's not, or you you do rely on the likes and shares and comments and things like that. And the more materialistic side of social media, and then there has been some encounters with within the raw feeding community with other raw feeders or groups. And there's just been some backlash. And recently I, um, with Uprise of Stop Asian Hate, I did reach out to several pet food companies, raw and kibble about anti-China uh, anti labeling. And that was a bit pushback and a bit emotional, emotionally draining. Um, so there's always been roadblocks, but thankfully so far I've been able to overcome every single one and just continue creating and doing what I love. You know, with 2020 last year and all that, you know, political and social upheaval, mm -hmm. how, how, you know, how did you feel about all that? Being it was, American yeah. Korean. Mm -hmm. um, it was definitely a lot and emotionally taxing. I feel like it was more of a survival mode than and just absorbing everything and just being in shock about the world around me. Um, which, yeah, and just being in shock of the state of America and how how everybody was reacting around me. And I felt like I was more in a in a listening mode than an activist mode. Uh, but I feel like in 2021, I could kind of get my, collect myself and be able to do the activism part and do my part in being a Korean American woman in America. So what's the age that you can vote in the US? 18. So, so yeah. Did you vote I last year? Just turned, I didn't, I was 17, but I, uh, I did my part in making sure everybody around me voted. <laughs> <laughs> I could know it, yeah. Oh wow! You know, I, I am in awe with your with the energy you have at this age. <laughs> you know, um, honestly, I I really really look forward to to following your journey because mm -hmm. even though you're like 18, 18 right? Mm -hmm. Yes. You you know, um, and your journey with the raw feeding since you were fifteen, so that's actually three years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the amount that you've churned out to educate people on your social media platform is impressive. Thank you. <laughs> it's impressive. I mean, like, wow, you know, I, I, I love the fact that, you know, I'm learning and I actually like to share your content with my friends as well. Uh, oh, thank especially, you. Especially, especially the, 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 the younger generation, um, you know, because I always like to say like, you know, she's actually quite young. I can't remember how old she is, but I know she's really, really young. <laughs> <laughs> And if she can do it, I don't know why you guys in your 20s can't. <laughs> you know, so you are truly an inspiration for the younger generation because we need more people like you to 
to do what you're doing because we need we need more advocates. We need you know people with passion. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah you you and Stormy, very very nice, very very nice. Thank you. So, what do you hope to achieve in the next year for yourself? So in Korea, hopefully I can build on my language skills and share more content in that area. Uh, and I plan to hopefully just continuing creating content that is helpful to the rocking community and just overall holistic living. I personally, how I choose to create content is kind of, I find a topic that I'm like, oh, I haven't brushed up on this. And then I, I learn about it and then I get inspired to create and share about it. Um, so for example, I was like doing crazy research into vegan diets and nutritional deficiencies and things like that. And so I was like, okay, this would be a good blog topic, for example. Um, and right now I'm just, I ask my followers a lot of times, you know, what are you looking to learn about? What are things that pique your interest? And that gives me content create or content ideas to be able to create and push out. Do you currently have like a Korean channel or like, um, or is it the same platform in Korea? Have you- it's the same platform. It's not, I don't have a lot of content in Korean right now. It's just like the Bullfix all label in Korean right now. Hopefully as I continue to strengthen my language skills, I can more push more content in Korean. Um, and then I'll decide whether I do a separate channel or on the same or I'll figure it out when it comes. <laughs> well, keep me posted. Cause like I said, yeah. I would like to share your Korean um, channel or you know mm-hmm. whatever you have in Korean with my Korean speaking friends because most of the time that's their first language, mm-hmm. um, so even when I speak to them in English, it's a it's 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 a little bit difficult sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you said you did a blog on veganism and and raw feeding, mm-hmm. I would really like if you could one day translate that into Korean. That would be very mm-hmm. cool. So I can share it with my friends. And I wish you all the best. I really do. Thank you. Because like I said, I've, I've been, you know, you've been on my radar for a while and I really enjoy what you're doing. So <laughs> Thank keep, you. Keep it up. Keep it up. Wow. I'm so thankful and grateful that you took the time to listen to this podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could subscribe, download, rate, review, and share this with others whom you care about that may enjoy it as well. Thank you and remember to be kind to yourself and others. Have a awesome day, everyone.